You're listening to the sound of my voice. Hello, everybody. This is Unplugged, and I'm your host, D'Angelo Valentine. And today, we're going to be talking about something of the most extreme importance. We're talking about domestic abuse. And I have a guest who is a fan favorite coming back, Miss Sarah James. And today she is going to be dropping some golden nuggets. She is going to bring some fire today. And especially with domestic abuse, there's a lot of components to it that a lot of people need to understand and really comprehend about and take it very seriously. Because a lot of people are affected by this, and especially in the time that that we're in, we need to understand it and pick it apart and then take action behind it. So Sarah, thank you so much for coming back. There's no there's no need for introduction because we already introduced you in the last episode or the last season. If anybody wants to listen to Anger Management, you can go back to season one on Spotify or any other podcast platform and listen to it there. But today we're talking about domestic abuse. So thank you so much, Sarah, for coming back. Thank you, D'Angelo. Thank you, everybody, for having me back. I'm glad that you guys all enjoyed the anger management piece. It was a pleasure to do it. So, um, yeah, so we're going to dive a little deeper today and talk about um, something just that is definitely coming up in today's society with this pandemic. It's domestic violence. So, you know, I'm going to break it down for you guys, give you guys some knowledge, and uh, hopefully you guys can learn from it and, um, and it will help you out. Define what is domestic abuse is, the, is there a difference between domestic and other violence in the home? Okay, great question. So the first thing I'm going to do is just define it for you. And and guys, this is going to seem a little scripted because it is. I want you guys to have true facts. And this is right from the courts and, and how they um, talk about domestic violence in the courts. So it says domestic violence is any use of physical or sexual force, actual or threatened in an intimate relationship. Intimate relationships include those between opposite sex and same sex partners. These relationships vary in duration and legal formality and include current and former dating, common law, and married couples. Although both women and men can be victims of domestic violence, the overwhelming majority of this violence involves men abusing women. These crimes are often committed in a context where there is a pattern of assaultive and controlling behavior. This violence may include physical assault and emotional, psychological, and sexual abuse. It can include threats to harm of children, other family members, pets, and property. Uh, The violence is used to intimidate, humiliate, or frighten victims or to make them powerless. Domestic violence may include uh, a single act of abuse. It may also include a number of acts that may appear minor or trivial when viewed in isolation, but collectively form a pattern that amounts to abuse. So um, that is the definition of domestic violence. I hope that you guys can take that in and and understand what we're going to be talking about for the rest of this podcast. A lot of people are, like I mentioned before, it. They don't have like a full grasp of the understanding of what it is. They just think it's just something physical or something mental and then that's it, right? And even in certain cases where you even want to get the authorities involved, right? Sometimes they may not fully understand what um, what's going on. Like there could be a call for it, but then they'll come in and be like, hey, um, well, it doesn't seem like there's anything wrong here. You know, things seem okay. Okay, one party probably has to leave the premises for a, a little bit and then they may be able to come back. But, you know, it sometimes, you know, it could end up being worse where the person could like get seriously injured or be killed. 
right? And so that's uh, I'm glad that you uh, fully explained it. And you know, now it leads into the next question: What can someone do if they themselves or someone they know is experiencing that kind of abuse? Okay, so there is a number of different things that one can do. Now, if you are realizing that your partner um, during the last couple of weeks or couple of months has has been a shift in uh, their behavior, uh, what you can do is talk to them first about it and say, hey, listen, you know, communicate. Is everything okay? What's going on? Because as you know, because of the certain times and how things are going. A lot of people are losing jobs. So financial stress is is going on in the household. A lot of times when there's stress, people tend to use substance, right? So the number of substance users has gone up. And so therefore it's affecting the home. And also if you are stuck together with your partner day in and day out, and you're not actually getting out, doing anything physical, not having the same lifestyle as you once did. And now you're um, with that person a lot. Sometimes it could just be the smallest little things that could go from a molehill to a mountain, right? So the first thing I want you to do is talk to your partner. Uh, the second thing that you want to do is if that's not working, you want to reach out. And, you know, the easiest thing that I was looking at when I was going to suggest this uh, to you guys and D'Angelo is really 211. 211 is really helpful. All you have to say is that you would like some some therapy around domestic violence or you have some concerns and who can you talk to? 211 if you give the information of where you live, what your area is, then they can provide you with a number of different agencies. Uh, I'll just kind of say some off the top of my head. So there's the Red Door Shelter. You can do safety planning. So maybe you're not exactly ready to leave the home, but maybe it's something that you're thinking of doing because I've tried A, B, and C. It's not working. I There's, you know, fear for my safety or my children's safety. Then that's something that you could do. They also have the Canadian Center for Men and Families. That's for men on the other side of the spectrum where, you know, if you're in an abusive relationship and you're a male, because I don't want to just say that males are always the abuser. Sometimes it is the female. So with that being said, uh, they are very good for supports, especially supports after separation, because sometimes there's that power imbalance there. So you can definitely reach out to them and, and get some information as well. I know that most cases where the abuser is male towards a woman, has there been a case where roles were reversed and is it becoming more common? No, I will tell you, I think I may have mentioned it in the previous podcast that I did with you, but the pendulum has swung, right? Back in the day, it used to be very much so that the man was the head of the household. You know, a lot of times if a police officer came and the man answered the door and said everything was okay, everything was okay. But like you said in your introduction that a lot of times, like it's going from just a push, a shove, a yell, uh, slamming of a door, then, you know, if the proper um, interventions aren't being taken place, potentially you could get to death. And that's unfortunate, but that's what happened. There was a lot of times where the police would show up to the door, they would say everything is okay. You know, they would leave and then they would be coming back for um, a homicide, right? So uh, because of the statistics, that's what made the pendulum swing so far in the other direction. So you will see that females are more likely to call the police because they feel threatened, intimidated, fear of their life. Whereas men, unfortunately, will say, you know, I'm not calling the police because, you know, my woman hit me. But at the same time, you know how many times a woman has hit a man and he won't touch that phone. So where's the statistics at? Right? They're not there. Wow. 
it's so interesting that you bring up that point because I'm like, yeah, this stuff does happen. It doesn't go, it doesn't get reported. But then on top of it too, it's like, okay, so this guy is like, well, I don't want to look a certain way. Yeah. And then the, the abuse continues. And that, that is a very big issue because I've actually seen some cases where it, that's now starting to matter. What do you know? Why that this is now becoming more common? Like in the some of the cases that you've seen, do you? Do you Absolutely, D'Angelo. Yeah. And let me kind of dive into that a little bit more. So the first thing that has happened over time, unfortunately, is that you know when people get power, they don't know what to do with it. And because we have so much power in the justice system right now as females, that a lot of times I'm even seeing women call because, you know, their man won't get out their house or maybe he did something that they didn't like. And so they're taking the power that they have and they're abusing it and saying, I'm going to call the police on you. And it's unfortunate because that's their way of intimidating or threatening. But what's happening is a lot of times these men get picked up by the police and they don't get questioned. They get hit with a domestic violence charge and I hope you have the money and the resources in order to fight that in court or a lot of times you're going to get a charge and a lot of guys will just plea out because they don't want to you know what I mean they don't want to be in jail because you know it's COVID there's a lot of things that are uncertain in there so a lot of them have money that they want to make they have jobs they want to keep there's a lot of things that will make them um, turn around and just say okay like what do I have to do a PAR program yeah let me do it you know let me get out of you know dealing with all of this right now so unfortunately there's a lot of men that have had that situation happen to them. Another thing too that I see a lot of is culture, right? Uh, a lot of times in a lot of cultures outside of the Western culture, it's acceptable for the male to be the head of the household. And if he wants to, you know, hit his wife because he sees that's fit for the situation, then you don't call the police. There, there's not, there's no laws around domestic violence a lot of times in other cultures. So what's happening is now, you know, they come from, you know, wherever they are and they come to Canada. And so now the woman starts to gain a little bit more control because she understands that her rights Right. So, you know, if he is hitting her, then she knows that she can pick up the phone and there will be repercussions for his behavior. Right. So you'll see a lot of that happening as well as why maybe the tables have turned um, in the fact of like you might see that, you know, um, women are taking power of the situation. But but that's but that's OK in that sense. Right. I'm out here speaking to the women. Listen, if you aren't happy with your man if he's doing stuff that you don't think is right and he's really not abusing you please don't use the system in order to get back to him leave him you know but ladies if you're out here and your man is laying hands on you or he is mentally financially physically emotionally abusing you then by all means like take into account the supports that you have and, and do what you have to do but you know it, it's tough because there's people on both sides of the spectrum that are uh that are using the justice system to to solve their problems why does the abuse never get reported? And this is not uh, aimed towards like men or women. Like, why doesn't it like get reported? Period, at all. Well, that's another that's another key thing. It and especially in a time like this, because I was watching on the news, police were kind of concerned that they weren't getting any de like a lot of domestic abuse calls during this time. 
So it, it was a raise for concern. For sure. Well, in one of the researches that I was looking at, uh, they were drawing conclusions on the reporting, actually. So it says, the good news is, is there's new methods of reaching out for assistance. As previous, when um, the pandemics first hit, a lot of times businesses were closed down, supports were kind of at a minimum because people are working from home or not working at all. So um now we've kind of adjusted to um, this pandemic and we're able to start to open up different lines, um, including texting, social media, chat lines, and creation of online programming. Some of the bad stuff is uh, when it comes to not reporting is women who need counseling are, are often um, in the same home as the abuser. So they're scared to reach out for that kind of help because, you know, your partner's in an earshot away or sometimes... Um, Unfortunately, there's you're a newcomer, you come here, you don't know the language, you don't know where to start. You know, Toronto is a huge city. And if you don't know technology, if you don't know how to use Google, that's why I even say like 211. That's why I said, wow, like that's the best thing to put out there because 211 has everything. About, I didn't even know about 211. Is 211 is only available for Toronto or is that nationwide or? So 211 is Toronto. Like you, when you call 21, you're going to get someone that's going to be within the GTA. But usually there's 211s in other regions or other like provinces, but they'll connect you to those resources. But it's the best resource. And that's even for not to like kind of digress or go somewhere else, but like employment or if you need assistance in something um, as far as financials or you want to know your local library, you can do that as well for 211. But, you know, services, anger management, uh, family counseling, everything that you could even possibly think of, any kind of supports that you would need, you could definitely call 211 for it. I know you have a lot of materials sitting there, over there. Like, this is unplugged, so you unpack all that material that you brought because I know you have a lot of stuff that I probably haven't came up with any questions to ask, but I know you have a lot. Break it down one by one, each one, one by one. Okay, okay. <laughs> Listen, you guys, he's giving me the floor, everybody. I love Take, it. This is unplugged. This is what we do. That's here. what's up, D'Angelo. <laughs> exactly. Well, I got super excited when he asked me to come on, everybody, because again, I think this is such a wonderful thing to be doing, especially in this time. And it's so informative. And he's had a lot of great speakers on. I'm enjoying hearing the podcast that he's been putting out lately on Plug, Unplugged uh, Season 2. So it's been really great. So yeah, so I kind of just um, went in when I was doing my research on what I wanted to talk about today. So he's going to give me the floor. So I'm just going to maybe dig in a little bit more to some of the previous questions that he's asked me and give you some um, information on that. So, you know, there's different types of intimate partner abuse. And so I kind of answered that a little bit, but some of them are patriarchal violence. So patriarchy and male entitlement, right? So I kind of touched on that. That's something that um, is a type, maintains man's power and dominance, right? So again, we have those relationships. There's mutual violent control too, though. So there's like, you know, sometimes it's, two to tango and so therefore you're fighting for that control in the relationship that power in the relationship you get two stubborn people in one relationship and you're trying to make a decision and you know one wants their voice heard and the other person wants their voice heard it very quickly becomes you know um, a mutual control situation and then there's separation instigated. So sometimes it's short-lived. Most causes don't pose risk for ongoing violence, but sometimes, again, with the stress of financial during this time and things like that, things can um, unfortunately pop off quite quick. So the best thing to do is is acknowledge it, recognize it, talk to your partner about it, you know, and get the supports that you need. So those are some things there. So the next thing I want to go into, do you mind if I keep going? 
go right ahead. All right. Thanks so much. All right. Is um, the different kinds of abuse, because sometimes when you think about domestic abuse, we uh, often think about, you know, someone laying hands on someone or verbal, right? Like, you know, they're, they're, they're putting me down, they're saying things, but um, in the power and control wheel that we um, have used with the domestic violence programs. Uh, so there's coercion so and threats. So sometimes making or carrying out threats to do something to hurt somebody, that could be a type of abuse. Um, using intimidation. So again, it doesn't mean you have to put the hands on a person, but if you're making them afraid by using looks, actions, gestures, uh, smashing things, destroying property, that's considered power and control domestic violence, uh, using emotional abuse, uh, putting the person down, making them feel bad about themselves, calling them names, um, making they, them think that they're crazy, right? That kind of like that mind game kind of thing is a sort of abuse. Using isolation, so controlling um, what they do, who they see, who can they can talk to, things like that. Um, minimizing, denying, and blaming, so making light of the abuse, not taking their concerns seriously, saying the abuse didn't happen, shifting responsibility for abuse or behavior. Uh, using children, a lot of times, and this is one I want to kind of drive home to people because I don't think they realize that this is child abuse, but what happens a lot of times, especially when you're trying to co-parent or the child split between two households, a lot of times, like, you know, if your child comes to your house, it's your visit time, and you, you know, you have them for the weekend, and you're sitting there doing like so who does mommy have at the house while you're there or who does daddy have at the house or you know just asking any kind of questions that does not relate to your intimate relationship with that child how is school is fine how what's your favorite subjects are fine you know what do you like or dislike about your new teacher like all those things are fine or like you know what you know just when you're talking about future things for you and that child and things like that it's building trust within that relationship but then when you start asking about the other parent then you're putting that child in the position that they have to then pick between either lying to you or telling you the truth or like you know or knowing that they're talking about their other parent right so that is actually child abuse, making them feel guilty if they don't tell you things. So um, I just want you guys to take that in consideration. If you if you're co-parenting with another um, with your partner or ex-partner, I should say, um, please just take that in consideration about how you're talking to your children because that's something that could um, really be detrimental to your child's um, long-term relationship with you. And, uh, and economic abuse is something that is the last uh, one that I'm going to talk about, preventing them from getting or keeping a job, uh, making them ask for money, uh, giving them an allowance, taking their money and saying, you know, I pay all this, so you give me your money, um, and not letting them know about uh, what the family income is. So that's another type of domestic violence. So that's the power and control wheel. On the other side, there's the equality wheel. And so I'm just going to give it to you in a nice, neat package of what that looks like to the opposite. So negotiation and fairness. So seeking mutual satisfaction, uh, resolutions to conflict, uh, accepting change, being willing to compromise, uh, non-threatening behavior. So talking and acting so that the other person can feel safe and comfortable expressing themselves and doing this. 
respect goes a long way, right? So respect, listening to them non-judgmentally, um, being emotionally affirming and understanding. So yes, I understand how you're feeling. I get that. Okay, what would you like to see happen? Uh, trust and support. So supporting their goals in life, respecting their right to their own feelings, friends, activities, opinions, honesty and accountability. So accepting responsibility for yourself and their self, acknowledging um, past use of violence, admitting to being wrong and communicating openly and truthfully. Uh, responsible parenting, so sharing parental responsibilities, being positive, nonviolent role for the children, and uh, economic partnerships, making money decisions together, making sure both partners benefit from our financial agreements, things like that. So there you go. You have, you know, the things that we don't want to see, which is the unhealthy pieces of the relationship, and then, you know, the healthy pieces is the nonviolence, equality pieces. So that is what I have for you for that. What would you say? the solution is to combat and reduce the number of domestic cases? Yeah, so another great question. So again, kind of just, if you want to like scroll back, I know you have Spotify or whatever you're listening to, just kind of go back to what I said about the equality, about the negotiation of fairness, uh, non-threatening behavior, respect, trust and support. I'm telling you right now, if you um, can respect your partner and trust your partner, all things come together from there. So communication needs to be something that you're constantly doing. And you know what? It's tough. And I'm going to be a little bit personal. So I was actually talking to a therapist not too long ago. And so um, what they were saying is, is that, you know, in her culture, everybody that's in a relationship or married has a therapist. She said it's not until she came over to the Western culture that that kind of stuff didn't exist, right? Or it's not um, it's not as common, right? So it's like you usually go to um, a therapist when things are bad, right? When we're fighting all the time and there's been some sort of trauma in the household, that's when we go seek therapy. You know what? It's so beautiful to have someone else come in and just mediate some activities, um, give a safe space for talking that maybe we wouldn't think about doing. Um, you know, or we don't have the knowledge or the the skill set to be able to uh, be able to do in a household, right? Like, you know, between a between partners. So I really would recommend that, you know, if you want to get some therapy around it, get it in there early. Just it's just good for couples. It's really good. So there's a lot of couple therapy out there in Toronto. You can go look through and do some research and and all that kind of stuff. But you know what? It's okay. Therapy is a beautiful thing. And so if you are new or been in a relationship for a while and you find some things are stagnant, you know what? You know, uh, go find a therapist and and be able to make sure that it's a long, healthy, wonderful relationship. Wow. This is a very informational like session because like there's a lot of things that I didn't even know about, about this. And like for a lot of who are listening, cause I've actually got some feedback from some listeners and they're like, yeah, you, you make it sound like you didn't know some of the stuff. I'm like, I did some research on it, but like, as you're hearing me react, I'm actually hearing it for the first time, just like how you're hearing it for the third, the first time I'm hearing it for the first time. And thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on and dropping some golden nuggets and bringing all the information. And just like I mentioned to a lot of people outside of the space, 
this podcast is not just to bring information, just to bring discussion. There's also a solution behind it where people can actually take action and put the work in on themselves. And especially with your last, the last time when we were recording together, there's actually people who've actually done, like put in the work. And that's why it's one of the most favorite episodes in all of last season. Oh, that's so yeah, amazing. Yeah, so, and, and I'm glad that I brought you back. And especially when you were talking about domestic abuse, I was like, oh, wow. I actually didn't think about that. And that's stuff that actually affects people. So thank you so much for that. And also, how are how can people get a hold of you? Okay, yeah, no, for sure. So again, you can reach out to me at... Sarah, S-A-R-A-H dot A dot James, J-A-M-E-S at gmail.com. You send me any questions that you have, any comments that you have, and I'll definitely, you know, dig in, do a little research. If I don't know it off the top of my head, I will, I will find it for you. So I think this, there's a lot of really good, um, information sharing that i can do with you guys so don't hesitate again reel it back get my email again or you know even reach out to d'angelo if you need to and get that and i'll get you guys some information for sure so i just want to hope that you guys enjoyed the information that was shared today thank you d'angelo for having me on again it's always a pleasure and i hope you guys uh apply what you hear because that's what's going to make it work you know picking up that phone and calling that therapist or you know picking up that phone and getting your support system on the or you know doing your own kind of work right you got to work on you too it's you know so uh you know getting anger management or you know there's a lot of um harm reduction addictions like you know i know we all sit at home drinking that wine a little bit more than we should these days or maybe you know you're stressing out and don't have anybody to talk to these days so you know there's all these things that are going on and it's okay you just gotta you know we have to help each other right thank you so much now that's sarah's contact that's all the information that you got from from her but what about me if you're listening to this podcast it's spelled u-n-p-l-g-d unplugged the only vowel is the u and you can find me on spotify apple podcasts google or any podcast platform that is available to you and i know some of you guys in the caribbean i know you guys don't have spotify or apple Podcasts, but you can find me on google or any other podcast platform i'm available there and if you want to know a little bit about myself outside of this space like on youtube you can subscribe to my youtube channel aftrdrk that spells after dark the only vowel is the a where we talk about the all black lifestyle beards fashion show and tell all those different things and if you want to take it even a step further you can follow me on instagram d.aftrdrk and that's where you can see everything that's happening behind the scenes podcasts youtube a little bit about my personal life all there so thank you so much for listening this is unplug u-n-p-l-g-d and my name is d'angelo valentine thanks for listening peace